Hello, everybody. Dave Neal here, stand-up comic, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, it's week two of Bachelor Rush Hour. Your boy, Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. We are compiling the day's list, the different YouTube videos, uh, clipped together, all-in-one-place podcast form for you guys. Uh, I've got a video here, Nick Vile, and what he has to say about his friend Victoria Fuller. We've also got Rachel Recchia commenting on whether she'll go to Bachelor in Paradise, plus her new man, guy that she kissed. And we've also got all of your Bachelor in Paradise spoilers. Now, don't worry. If you don't want spoilers, those two videos, the clips will be at the end of this podcast. I'll give you a fair warning. Just hang out. Pretty wild night last night in the United States and world at large. We had the U.S. midterm election which uh, was supposed to be a giant red wave, but even um, Republicans such as Lindsey Graham said the red wave did not exist. The Senate control is down to three states. Georgia will have a runoff too close to call. I'm sorry, it's not too close to call. The Democrat uh, won, but didn't get 50% of the votes, so he they will do a runoff. Uh, I guess that means he didn't win. You know the point. Arizona and Nevada are too close to call. So that's where we stand right now on this Wednesday afternoon. Now, I'm recording this from sunny Los Angeles, California. But yesterday, actually the last two days, we had wild rains here in SoCal, much needed uh, due to this drought that we have. And due to the wild rains, as you might have seen on my Instagram story, I found what might be a tarantula. I know. I might have to burn the place down. We, I might have found a tarantula. I don't know what it is. We looked at different spiders. I, you know, there's there are dozens of types of tarantulas. There's a blue tarantula. There's a Johnny Cash tarantula, which was found near the Folsom prison. I don't know what this thing was, but if you watch my Instagram, you'll see it was bulbous. This thing was large, three to four inches. Just wild. So anyway, I have to move now. <laughs> I mean, look, we have brown widows and black widows and all these other uh, kind of venomous ones. But this spider, this thing had elbows. You know what I mean? So last night I had to drive to Santa Clarita, which is an hour north of Los Angeles for a stand-up show. Uh, of course, the audience was um, light in the sense that there weren't many people there, mainly because it was election night and it was raining. And when it rains in Southern California, the world stops. Now, look, people that don't live in SoCal, you have to understand, it's not just that it rains. It's that we have eight or nine months where there's no rain, which means we've got eight or nine months out of the year with of soot from wildfires raining down on the streets, people whose oil's leaking out of their car, trash, debris, smog, all laying down on the roads, which can be very, very slippery. So it was a long night for me. Went to this stand-up show. There was this guy heckling every single comic. I mean, every single comic. And I said, I'm not going to address this guy. I'm just going to do my act and not address this guy. And sure enough, within the first 20 or 30 seconds of my set, he wasn't even heckling me. He was just talking loud. Yeah, comics have that saying, what, what did you learn how to uh, whisper in a helicopter? You know what I mean? That's stupid. Like essentially saying these people are loud. So I had to, um, I had to go full nuclear and just, um, you know, do my loudest, dirtiest jokes to keep everybody's attention. This wasn't the type of show where you get to tell a five minute story with everyone on the edge of their seat. Nope. It was a, what can I sling at you guys and keep your attention? But I had fun. It was a fun evening. And as I mentioned, the, um, the world is, uh, Sort of in chaos, we are in a transitory place in society, inflation's high, we're just still recovering from this wild pandemic. All I can say to you guys is I appreciate you sticking around and supporting my channel. 
I appreciate those that have joined the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. I appreciate those that have sent support and wedding gifts and all the crazy uh, things that have been uh, so, um, so you know, all the, all the different ways that you guys have he- shared your love with me. Uh, what goes around comes around, and Law of Attraction is true. You guys help make it so that I can provide extra content on the daily. This went from a weekly endeavor for seven years. For seven years, I made one recap video a week, and then things took off, and I've had the chance and the opportunity to speak to you guys in a way that makes it feel like family, and I know that sounds weird to say, but you guys get it. If you've been around for a while, there's an investment there. There's equity built. We're all putting those bricks together on this little uh, fort that we're building together. All right. Well, part of uh, the bonding that we have is the voicemail line that I normally play on our live streams. Well, I'm going to start playing some voicemails for you guys. The voicemail number is 401-213-9828. Feel free to call in whenever you want. I'm going to play voicemails when I can get to them. And right now, I'm going to start with our first voicemail, and we'll play a couple of these, and then we'll get into today's clips. Hey, Dave. It is Lauren from Florida. I don't even know why I'm calling right now. Um, But I heard you speak kind of on, like, the Republicans and Democrats and kind of where everything's going right now. I am just kind of, like, confused. I'm a Republican. I'm in the military. I serve. Um, But I don't... I don't know. I don't necessarily believe that the election was stolen, but there is evidence of injected ballots and video camera footage of smuggling ballots after hours and stuff like that. I guess I'm just kind of like this whole thing is whack and I'm not really on either side necessarily. I mean, I think the route everyone's taking is nuts, but I don't know. I appreciate the call. And it's not easy for people to call, especially when we're on such divided sides with issues like this. The way that I look at it is like a lot of, a lot of people's response to the, the, the complaining that election deniers deny the election. Look, if there is something wrong with an election, it's important that we have a system where people can speak out. And after the last election in 2020, I mean, we had, we had uh, court systems, many of which were of Republican judges and judges that were nominated by the former president, Donald Trump. And we had this all set up and nobody anywhere could prove that there was any fraud. It was shut down on all accounts. Uh, Whatever surveillance videos might've been shown of people stealing votes or this or that, none of it has proven in our court system to amount to anything. In fact, the only voter fraud that is coming out has been on little, you know, kind of, um, you know, cases, one person here, one person there. And in most cases, it's been people that have voted twice for Trump. Uh, They've actually had videos coming out where people said they voted twice and they're on probation. They got in trouble for it. So the system does seem to be working. um, And... That's all I can say about that. A lot of people have said, well, you know, in the past election, um, Hillary Clinton uh, didn't uh, uh, um, admit that she uh, was defeated to Donald Trump. I don't know if you guys watched the same election I did, but there was a peaceful transition of power. I mean, if you remember in modern history, Donald Trump not going to Joe Biden's inauguration. I mean, this was like the first of its kind. This was a new deal. This isn't something we've seen in years. And it goes to show that this thing that we all took for granted, this peaceful transition of power, just didn't exist. I mean, you can look back to elections that actually might have been stolen. Those elections with um, George W. Bush, 
and Al Gore in Florida, where George Bush's uh, brother was the governor of Florida and the recount and this and that, uh, hanging chads. I mean, you remember this? You remember this time period? They still had a peaceful transition of power. Even though there was a, a full-on case of election fraud, there still was. So there'll always be times in the news where people say, oh, I don't believe this story, or I don't believe that, or whatever. That, that'll that happen amongst the public. But we're talking about the figureheads of our nation um, saying, look, the system works. So when someone like Donald Trump says the election was stolen, every single person out there, I mean, almost everybody uh, that's an elected official doesn't believe that. I don't think Trump believed it when he said it. And every, I think, uh, maybe not everyone, but something like 90 plus percent, as far as we stand right now, this might change, uh, people that ran for office this term that were what we like to call election deniers, those that didn't believe that um, justice prevailed or whatever, they actually didn't get in office. So it looks like the public is actually rejecting the big lie, which is very fascinating. It's very fascinating uh, because for the last two years, we didn't know how this would play out. And they, as they say, uh, put your money where your mouth is. And we, um, as a nation, put our vote where it is. We had John Fetterman um, winning a, a Senate race against Dr. Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Also very fascinating. Fetterman had a stroke earlier this year, which is a very close topic to me because one of my best friends died of a stroke. He, he, um, they, they tried to save him. They drilled into his skull and tried to alleviate the, the, the stress and, in, in, in the blood clotting and all that that comes from a stroke. But in the end, he passed away. They said, best case scenario, he's paralyzed for life and he survives and he's kind of brain dead. And he, and unfortunately, I mean, or maybe, maybe, maybe for his family, fortunately, it just ended there. And that was a, a very difficult time in my life to think of how um, a best friend, uh, a brother figure of mine, a guy that I've trusted as one of the most loyal people in my lives could, could um, lose his life so quickly at, at the snap of a finger. And when we see Fetterman having very, you know, in his debate against um, Dr. Oz, he had a very hard time speaking English words. And not because his IQ is low, but because all of the roadmaps that connected his thoughts to his mouth were gone. I mean, we hear about people with strokes, you know, you, you have a paralyzed parts of your face or you can't move parts of your body. It's just fascinating how this meat uh, uh, vessel, this physical body of ours, uh, ha how intertwined it works with our spiritual side. And when that uh, goes away, how lost we can be. Um so for, for him to be elected, and actually, I was actually pleasantly surprised with his election speech, how he was so, um, he was so um, much better with his words that I look forward to getting back to the blue-collar, hard-nosed, fight-for-the-people um, style of campaigning that he will do in office. And I think it's really cool to see um, uh, an everyman, a, a person who wears a hoodie and not a suit, who doesn't worry about putting makeup on and getting, you know, in, in, you know, he, he's a man of the people. And I think Pennsylvania got it right with that election, uh, versus Dr. Oz. I mean, they chose a, they chose a man of the people over a doctor and, you know, so, some of this stuff you guys might disagree with, but I, I've tried my best with the podcast to be as, um, I tried my best with the YouTube channel to be as um, sensitive to other people's leanings as possible while also remaining true to mine. Now, I'm not going to be a hack grifter and tell you to feel a certain way. I completely disagree with a lot of the grifting that has happened in 
the Republican Party, but also in the Democratic Party. I think there's plenty of change that can be done. And I think uh, some people that presented that hope for change just didn't deliver. I think we still search for that and we need to start... Um, you know, looking to political leaders who aren't, you know, raising their money from dark money sources and all the other things that that me that that make it so that the agenda of the people is not being met. I think we can all agree on that, and I think we can all start to put our you know divide away and and work towards that change. That's 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 where I am coming from. So it's been fascinating to watch it all play out, and it's been fascinating to hear all of your thoughts and opinions on the matter. All right, let's play one more voicemail. Hey Dave, Mrs. B from Hamilton, Ontario here. What up? Um, I actually kind of feel like a little bad for Eliza because like, I mean, I was single once and like dating is stressful and like that's a lot of pressure to like just like make a snap decision on like who you want to get engaged to even though like the bachelor engagements like aren't like real in my opinion. They're like whatever. But I, you know, I kind of feel bad for her. Like she was stressed out and then she didn't think she made the right decision, and I think I feel kind of bad because I don't really think Justin's going to, like, want to go for her now, but we'll see what happens. Um, I guess we'll watch next Monday. I'm going to, like, rewatch tomorrow with my aunt and my cousin and my friend, so, like, I'm looking forward to, like, some snacks and stuff tomorrow. Um, yeah, have a good night, Dave. Bye. Bye. Have a good night yourself. Yeah, so that's a good good thoughts on Eliza. We'll have Eliza... Uh, we'll have a discussion about Eliza in this video, but I think for the most part, uh, people uh, are sort of understanding that it's a complicated decision and she's not necessarily a bad person for trying to figure out what's right. Well, anyway, let's get into our first clip of the day. And as I said, when there are some spoilers, we will make sure to get ahead of those for you. Here is Rachel on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast. All right. <clears throat> would would we ever see Rachel on Bachelor in Paradise? Let's see what she has to say. I know that you just went on this great first date with this mystery man, but if things didn't happen to work out and you're still maybe at the same point next year that you're at now, would you ever consider... I just had in my head a caffeinated hand job. That's another thing you don't want too much of. Yeah. Point on that beach. <laughs> hmm. I will go if Michelle goes down with you. God damn it. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew. All right. All right. Rachel uh, Rachel has a, con- a uh, contingency here. She says, I will go on the beach or condition. She, she's, she's, she's got a rider here. I'll go down to the beach if Michelle goes down with her. Of course, the Bachelor producers are probably loving this. They're like, yeah, we'll take both of you. We'll take as many former leads as we can get. I mean, you know, Becca Kufrin is the, uh, four, the four lady here. She's the four lady of normalizing going on to the beach after you've been the lead. You're going to say that. Okay. I'm here for that. Uh, oh my gosh. I would actually love seeing both of you. I mean, you know, I love both of you so much, but Hey, I would be all for it. I would be your personal handler. If you both go, I will take a month away from my life and from Thomas and the dogs and take care of you and and, and your wedding planning and wedding planning. Actually, yes, I would love I to. I think get- Becca would be nice as a, like the boom boom room handler. She just like the guy's like, should we get some massage oil? And then Becca just swoops in with an arm with some massage oil. He's like, do we need Becca here? Becca's like, you won't even know I'm here. And then she's like in the background, being like, can I get you a moist towelette? Get away. Just take me. I don't want to plan shit. Oh, so I'll be your handler. Too. I'm like. I'm like trying to see. Yes. Let me see that. Yeah. Show it up. He did well. 
He did good. So well. That thing's a rock. Technically, it is. Good job. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll keep talking about it. But you know, you got like right, and also we're having our own paradise when we when we travel and you know try to find Mister Right. We might find our husbands in Italy. Yeah, but we'll definitely come down and maybe like deliver a day card with our new people. You know. Yeah, maybe we'll have a a ring. Who knows? <laughs> okay, who knows? Who knows? Who cares? Me. I, I, I'd watch that. I would absolutely watch that. All right, our final two videos uh, clips today. And again, you can watch all these on YouTube uh, in the extended version of these clips or over there. If you're just like learning about us from the podcast world, we do exist on YouTube. Some of these clips are better served as visual uh, mediums, but uh, we appreciate you guys being over here uh, for the drive, the Bachelor Rush Hour. The next clip is Nick Vile talking about Victoria Fuller. This a clip, of course, involves spoilers based on how her season on Bachelor in Paradise ends. So if you don't want spoilers, maybe now is the part of the video of uh, the podcast where we could bid adieu. Well, I want to jump into Bachelor T because you, sir, are on the top of my list. You were a little messy on social media over the weekend. Explain. How was that messy? I, well, I noticed first and foremost, you took to Instagram. You had a little dinner party with Serena and Joe. It was when- more of a uh, some friends were in town. And we got back to... T- All right, so he plays coy. Let's get into it. Uh, do you guys want to come over? And then it was like, do you guys want to come over? And then we had a bit of a game night, and then we ordered some John and Vinny's. Lovely. Yeah. Love Lovely. it. You did post some photos and videos on your Instagram story. Of my friends hanging out. Correct, you yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to make a TikTok about it as well, which I believe you captioned soft launch. This is like when a mom accuses you of going out drinking when you're a teenager. So you uh, you came home late last night. I did. Were you hanging out with friends? I was. And did you puke on the lawn? I most certainly might have. <laughs> of game, yeah, game night, yeah. Of Greg and Victoria. Oh, I don't that, think you were soft launching game night. I wasn't talking about them. You were soft launching game night? Sir. Yeah. <laughs> you were soft launching <laughs> the fact that you were hanging out. Well, I'm not really speaking to any relationship status, but other than the fact that they are hanging out, yeah. You know. Now, of course, it's fun to see his producers call him out. It's all pre-planned. They have a production meeting. Hey, ask me about game night. I mean, they were yeah, cuddling. I didn't see this. That was a cuddle. Cuddle for sure. Yeah, and then they got they on a flight to together. People, yeah. people photographed them getting on a flight together. Oh my god! It is uh yeah a lot. It is of the opinion uh, that uh, anything that doesn't happen on a show can't be spoiled. Yeah, there were a lot of comments on your TikTok like, are you allowed to post this? And I was like, well, it's his life. And it- So my, I, that is an opinion. I don't think he agrees with it. Uh, any, you know, a spoiler is something that uh, reveals um, an outcome of a show. So just because you're not revealing something that happened on the show, it is a spoiler, but it's also the biggest spoiler that we've got all year. So I'm done hiding it. It's his home. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, 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 the interaction that they're referring to uh, has nothing to do with Bachelor in Paradise. I mean, I understand the implications, but um, it is of the uh, understanding that it can't be spoiled. You spoiled the show. It's fine. It no one cares. It's spoiled. It can't be spoiled, but it can be soft launched. Um, Were you trying to stir up tea with the soft launch? Hey, we have a um, guest. Caption? <laughs> I, 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 think, I hope everyone knows that I, I didn't do anything without anyone's permission. Oh my god! Imagine they had like no idea. They're like, wait, can you actually not? <laughs> Nick is like, my house, my rules. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no. Can we get this producer her own podcast? I really like her. 
sign like a press release form when they enter the I just think these style of headphones are so unflattering. Get them some in-ear monitors. Can we get that for Christmas? Can we get Nick's podcast in-ear monitors? You know, show off show off what you get. He gets sweaty and all that. Listen, I well, one, I will say I think people should pay very close attention to Bachelor in Paradise as as how how, do, how did we get here, so to speak. I, there are a lot of questions, as I said last week. Uh, I think the specific answers will be answered at the appropriate time, probably at some sort of reunion. Cryptic. Um, <laughs> so obviously Nick's already come out and said he had a reliable source that said that Victoria didn't cheat, which is totally fine. We've also got the reality, Steve, spoilers from Bachelor in Paradise reunion where Tyler I think accused and again we'll have to see how it all plays out because this is getting like fourth hand right but according to those spoilers which were given to reality Steve from someone in the audience at the Bachelor in Paradise reunion Tyler yelled like you cheated and someone in the audience I have from a different spoiler yelled cheater and started calling her a cheater his source was a journalist at a party told him that, you know, there was some connective tissue there. Um, Nick's source presumably is Victoria. I've heard of people that are friends of Victoria coming to other people uh, saying there was no cheating. So, yeah, it's just going to be one of those he said, she said types of things. But it's not one of those like, well, there's rumors. It's like you've got multiple sources from multiple angles saying these are the stories they've got. And then you've got Nick's. Um, sort of saying, hey, it just it didn't happen. So, of course, the truth is obviously somewhere in between. <laughs> I think people will be interested in watching. Mostly to see me. I was there. <laughs> yeah. That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> front uh, row. She was in the front row. I was in the front row. row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'll let uh, Victoria Gregg speak on, on their own rela on relationship or whatever it is on their own time. But I think there's a level of, I would imagine, uh, from what I can gather, that when two people like really are excited about the potential of something when to become one and especially if it's a public a perceived to possibly have public interest i think there's a lot of stress on how that might be received and it can be even more stressful to hide something and then ultimately when it's decided like well this has really nothing to do with that you know like let's just get it out there so, of course, this is good information. We're getting great information. Stick around to the end because I'm going to play this full, like, five more minutes of this clip here. But Nick's the closest person to the Victoria Gregg story that is speaking on it. So everything he's about to tell you, assume it's what he's either observed or being told first person from Victoria. It's already out there. It's been out there. I think there's a level of, fuck it, we don't want to, like, this is our life. And I want to take control of our life type of energy, which I totally uh, understand. And um, I do think, yeah, I think it'll be very interesting as things play out, you know, the how people perceive this or receive this. I think it's a really interesting discussion in, in terms of uh, in, in relationships and in, in relationships not working out. You know, Johnny and Victoria weren't like really focused on this episode all that much. My favorite uh, piece of this video is the opinion of the guest that is here. <laughs> and I, again, I don't, I don't have a better way to format this, but it's, it is, it's gotta be challenging for Nick 
to have this tea at the beginning of the episode and have the guests sort of waiting for their appetizers to arrive. I totally don't know if I'd have a better solution like bring the guest in after. Sometimes the guest has something pertinent to say, but usually this is the part of this of this show that's fully focused on information he's providing. We didn't see much of them, but I think we should pay close attention to conversations that those who those two have between now and the end of the season. And I think we should remember conversations they've had around being ready for serious relationships. Victoria has been very clear about uh, what she's want. She's been very communicative with Johnny, very direct with Johnny about what she's looking for. So we almost have like in the court of uh, the court of public opinion here, Nick uh, providing the defense for Victoria saying she set her boundaries for what she wanted. She didn't get it on Bachelor in Paradise. Then she had the ability to watch back Bachelorette and see that Johnny also didn't get there for Gabby. So uh, obviously when you make a decision, her decision being to leave uh, Johnny for Greg, and whatever the timeline or overlap is there is yet to be seen. But when you make that decision, you then start getting that confirmation bias to say, see, I was right. Did you see? He wasn't ready here. He wasn't, you know, this, that. Uh, I think we should also remember where Johnny was with Gabby not so long ago. And the reason why him and Gabby didn't work out. Also, I think it's uh, interesting to know that Victoria wouldn't have watched that. She would have already been filming uh, when Johnny's and Gabby's story was aired yeah. on TV. So if, if Victoria would have to hear from Johnny or someone else about uh, that information, about why he might have ended that relationship. And I think it's interesting that those same conversations are coming up literally weeks later. And Johnny has a very different take. And this is all to say, like, I think it's just very interesting to see, like, I think the conversation is going to be something around, you know, like when you are, when you get into a relationship and it's easy to want to position your, especially if you're excited about someone, you know, when you're excited about someone, you get excited, you want to be your best self, you want to portray uh, an, an idea of yourself sometimes. We've all done that. You know, we've projected who we want to be rather than who we are sometimes, Uh, when we get excited about someone, but when that person who's also in the relationship might, you know, as time goes on, realize that maybe, you know, it's not what they signed up for. And then when that happens, how do those both people in the relationship react? So this is all fine. The question becomes, did she decide it's not what she signed up for and already had uh, soup on the back burner, if you know what I mean. That's where you get into the overlap. Was she saying, oh, this dinner's no good. Let me try to cook another dinner. Or was she saying, this dinner's no good. I've already cooked another dinner. Let's go over there. It's a metaphor about sex and hooking up with someone else or at least emotionally getting yourself prepared for the next person. You know, and then the big question is, because <laughs> I think there's always going to be questions around timelines and things like that. I told you, I heard from a very reliable source last week that there was no infidelity, but certainly I think the people involved in this relationship realize if you're going to move on very quickly and you're going to put it out there, questions are going to come up. But I think it raises the question, how long should you mourn the ending of a relationship when certain non-negotiables are clearly not being met? I think the Sex in the City said, right? For every, whatever, for every week you're on the beach together, one week, you know, I don't know. And when things are said and done in a way where you decide like certain boundaries are crossed where you're just like, hey, I got the answer I need and I'm, I'm sorry, but 
how long should you mourn that relationship? I think is a question mm-hmm. people will want to discuss. Yeah. And of course, I agree that it's tough when you move on fast that you are going to be uh, looked at a certain way. I think this story definitely has more to it, more resonance than the story of John Hersey and Katie Thurston. That story, there was like, oh my gosh, you were friends with him. And what, whereas... I, th- it, th- this the overlap here pl- is playing out while Bachelor in Paradise is filming. That's the big difference here. So they're they're similar in some ways, but this story has way more sources talking behind the scenes. Like, hey, something nefarious was up. All right, chances are you're spoiled now. We're in the spoiler section of the content. So this is going to be picking up on the Eliza, Justin, Rodney love triangle, plus every other Bachelor in Paradise storyline. As spoiled by yours truly, the power spoiler reality, Steve. Here's what Rodney had to say, then we'll get into the spoiler. He posted this today, Paradise High Reunion. This season was a roller coaster for me. First and foremost, I have to give a special shout out to my cast, who are some of the best people I've ever met in my life. We now share this crazy bond and have become a family. Watching and reliving this has been difficult for multiple reasons. Moving forward, I never want to let anything or anybody take the life out of me or deplete my energy. As crazy as it was, I have no regrets. Go Crabs. Go Crabs indeed. All right. So there is Rodney. Um, I'm going to share some uh, some uh, stories he's posted of people who are supporting him. And then I'm going to share this screen grab where Reality Steve really lays it down. But first, here's what Rachel had to say after watching the reunion taping. She went at it, but I was proud of her, Eliza. She she was going through it down there. I wanted to go down there and cradle her. It was, but, but was it like in regards to like the whole Rodney Justin situation or was it something completely different? No, it was the love triangle situation. Okay. Ooh. Okay, so Okay, so that's all we got out of Rachel there. So clearly a lot happening. We'll get to that in a second. But here's uh, what Rodney posted of people uh, that are just really going Rodney for Bachelor. Everyone loves Rodney out there. Um, head up my brother. The right one will come, bro. Trust God, homie. Trust in God. Uh, Rodney for president, says Victoria Fuller. Is this man not the Bachelor? Why? He is so well-loved. Morgan P. says he is so well-loved, and that is true. Rodney was an uh, obvious choice after Michelle Young's season. We loved Rodney. He's jubilant. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's got charisma for days. Um, we'll have to see. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a full year till there's another Bachelor. But, like, yeah, everyone asks the same question. Given the edit that Rodney received on this season, why wasn't he chosen for Bachelor? Justice for Rodney Justice Matthews for Rodney. from Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> all right, so everyone's posting Justice for Rodney. So we got all that. Okay, let's go to Reality Steve spoilers. I'm going to read not just the spoilers for Eliza, Justin, and Rodney, but also the other Bachelor in Paradise spoilers. Let's just go down the list. Now, as we left off with Eliza... Uh, Justin and Rodney. Eliza gave Rodney the rose over Justin. Justin left. Then Eliza was like, oh boy, I made the wrong choice. And where we left off is Eliza's heading to Baltimore. And Justin opens the door being like, yo, tell you what I want, what I really, really want. And it's somebody who commits to me, not you. So here's what Reality Steve said. Michael and Danielle are still together. Danielle is moving to Ohio, but getting her own place. They're taking things slow. That's what I, don't, that's what I love about the Midwest. You can just get your own place. No one moves to Los Angeles and says, 
oh, we're going to get our own places. And then you're like, no, you're not. Not for $3,600 a month for uh, 800 square feet. Uh, in Ohio, they're like, yo, we'll give you your own cul-de-sac. You can have your own strip mall. What do you need? It's Ohio. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not. I hate the Midwest because of how cheap, uh, you know, here I am moving to Tennessee. I'm going to have a 10-gallon hat on because uh, there's no state income tax. Okay. Brand, uh, just drop something. Brandon and Serene are still engaged. On the final day, Justin told, uh, Jesse told them he was ordained and asked them if they wanted to get married. So Bachelor in Paradise ends with a cliffhanger. Whether they get married or not at reunion, they come out and say they didn't, just still engaged. Tyler and Brittany left BIP as couple and met each other's families. Tyler was going to LA. All right. This might be a separate story later on. Tyler was going to Los Angeles for a party and asked her to go. She said she couldn't because it, she didn't have money. And then he offered to pay for her. She said no. Days later, she bought a ticket to London and then Italy for herself and broke up with him on FaceTime in Italy. On stage, she said their goals didn't line up, wanting wanted him to be on her own person uh, and felt he was just revolving his life around her. Yikes. That's going to be a messy story to talk about. Genevieve and Aaron didn't go to overnights. He broke up with her. Every time they got in a fight, she tried to leave. Things seem to be amicable now. Genevieve and Shanae got brought on stage to talk about their friendship. And they were gifted a trip to Niagara Falls. Wouldn't it be great if Genevieve and Shanae just started dating? They're like, you know what? You know what? Uh, we're actually just going to do body shots off each other. That'd be the ultimate love story, right? Okay, as we know, Eliza gave the rose to Rodney. The next morning, she says she made a mistake. She tells Rodney. Then we see her get on a plane, and then she goes to see Justin asking for a chance. Justin says no. Wanted somebody who's all in. On Bachelor in Paradise, Lindsay W. arrived and asked Logan on a date. Kate didn't want him going, so he told her no. Uh, at the next rose ceremony, Logan offered Kate a rose, and she said no. Mentioned something about how he drives an orange Nissan and couldn't afford a, gi- a certain gym membership. All right, so we'll get into that. That's a whole nother... we got so many different stories here. Um, all right, so then the real revealing part is from Reality Steve. Justin said after Eliza left Baltimore, they were supposed to meet up in Los Angeles. They talked for hours after cameras left, and he told her no, and were thinking about maybe trying in L.A., but she ghosted him. Then, So, so, so they were going to go meet up in L.A. Then Eliza says he didn't hit her up until like 11 o'clock at night when he was there. So maybe she thinks he's uh, treating her as a booty call. Either way, there's so much wreckage from Bachelor in Paradise this is like the opening scene of Lost where like, you know, uh, there's just like fires burning on the beach. You know what I mean? There's like uh, there's like uh, just a there's a fuselage all over the place. We're looking for the recording black box. It's just a mess. And we don't know how the plane went down. So many different stories of deceit here. So if last year was the season of love on Bachelor in Paradise, this year's the season of not so much. All right, that'll do it for this hump day. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. If you haven't already, the best thing you can do to freely support this podcast and myself is to leave a review and give us a rating. And also, if you're a member of any Bachelor Nation Facebook groups or any other people that you think might enjoy our content and will provide value to them, please share it wherever you can. We appreciate all your support. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye, everybody.
You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you.